Welcome to the Room of Lives. I'm your host, Neil. Today we are joined by Alicia Downard, who grew up in Michigan, did her undergrad and master's in geophysics at the Colorado School of Mines, and is now a petroleum geologist for Chevron in Houston. In her work, she looks at data collected from vertical, one-dimensional wells drilled under the ground and uses computer models to predict the three-dimensional distribution of oil and gas reservoirs surrounding that well. She does a lot of data analytics in Python and has two patents to her name for developing software to automatically analyze geological data sets. Alicia says that even though she works in oil and gas, she sleeps like a baby at night. And when she is not rolling in stacks of dirty oil money, she enjoys yoga, reading, thrifting, and lake recreations. And she's also the president of the downtown Houston Toastmasters Club for public speaking. I met Alicia years ago when she came to Austin for a summer exchange during her undergrad. I was at a friend's party and the TV screen was showing a video of a very deep and colorful zoom into the Mandelbrot set. What is the Mandelbrot set, you ask? Good question. It's a mathematical shape that is a fractal, meaning that it has this rich, complex, irregular shape. It's named after the mathematician who produced high-quality pictures of it in 1980. You can use computers to make color plots of this thing, and you can zoom into it, and you can see that its smaller-scale features look kind of like its larger-scale features, and so on to infinity. Words don't really do it justice, but you can find videos online that zoom into different parts of the Mandelbrot set. Okay, so at this party, Alicia was sitting next to me, and we started wondering what the Mandelbrot set is and how it works, and started looking up its weird math of imaginary numbers on the internet. She seemed inexplicably interested in this nerdy stuff, so I made her a wild proposition. I asked her, how about we get together and write our own program to create visuals like we were seeing on the screen. She agreed, and on the weeks that followed, we would do our serious work during the daytime, and at night we would meet to work on this project. We eventually built an interactive app in MATLAB, which could visualize not only the Mandelbrot set, but also other fractal sets in the family with customizable visual effects. You could simply point and click to go deep into the fractals, and the app would also leverage any available GPU. Unfortunately, the app is not completely finished, so the final product is not available online, but I hope to finish and publish it one day. By the way, I learned only much later that that night at my friend's party, it was Alicia who had put on the video of the Mandelbrot set. Um, so at a later time in my life, when I was teaching math in a women's prison in Lockhart, Texas, I told them about imaginary numbers and the Mandelbrot set and shared with them my story with Alicia along with colorful printouts from our software. 
I later visited Alicia at Golden, Colorado, and just a few days back, she invited me to Houston for the Houston Rodeo. I met her pet rat, Peanut, who bit my dick through my jeans, but that's okay. It was actually a bit of an eye-opening experience. I hadn't really expected that a rat could be so fluffy, friendly, and sweet. Alicia says that people don't really know her till they know her rat, Peanut, and she is on a mission to improve people's perceptions of rats, one person at a time. Hashtag pets, not pests. All right. In this conversation, we were basically talking about the wonder of nature and math that is the Mandelbrot set. Alicia describes how fractals came into her life and how she would see one. And I try to explain how, to me, the Mandelbrot set is a spiritual doorway into the mysterious heart of the universe. What is it about the Mandelbrot set that you like? I don't remember actually ever having this conversation with you in the past. Yeah, I don't know if we had something so, like, just talking about it. And yeah. It was like we saw the video and then we just did it versus, like, why we were doing it at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seemed kind of self-evident at that time. I was like, oh, this is this cool thing. Right, we should be doing this. Pattern. But now I kind of feel like interested to explicitly talk about. Yeah, because the significance really was the Mandelbrot set itself versus, I mean, for me, when you said that you could code it, I was just fascinated by the fact that you thought that you could recreate that because I was like, wow, that's so complicated. That seems cool. But the reason why, like the first time I saw the Mandelbrot set, I was um, at my friend's apartment and like, yeah, we were doing that. So it's like, you know, people were turning on music and like some Led Zeppelin tapes. And then it turned to like, oh, turning on different videos. So just one of the people who were there, they just turned on the video of the Mandelbrot set. And like, and you see that you're just like, what the fuck am I looking at? And so I just thought that the video itself was so cool. So I just kind of started showing people the video like something like because I thought it was a cool video and just like but what was interesting is that I had like a connection to fractals before that where each and this was like years before because my dad was kind of like oh yeah like when I started talking about I think the fact that we coded this he was like oh yeah fractals like you've always liked fractals but my parents would get us year calendars at Christmas. And so they'd get us a calendar like for the next year themed like something that we were into. And so since I was like into math and science in school, my dad got me like three years in a row fractal calendars. And I didn't even know what a fractal was, but I knew that it was like some math thing. And there are all these just pretty pictures of like crazy looking things. And so that was like my only exposure to them I'm pretty sure before this video and so I can't I'm like trying to recall now if I fundamentally thought much about fractals before 
we coated it because I'm really starting to think that it was probably like after we coated it when I really started thinking more about fractals. And then we got that fractal textbook from Bill. You were living with oh, that old couple. That old couple. Bill's dead, by the way. Oh. Yeah, that had to happen. That's what yeah. happens to people. Um, but he got a fractal book. Yeah, he had a textbook because okay. he was like a mathematician or like physicist. Yeah, and, he was a physicist. Yeah, and so he, I remember like when we were over there, like we were t- must have been talking to him about it or something. And then I don't he's remember like, this. Yeah, I could tell by <laughs> yeah, you're listening. By my face. Yeah. Yeah. But no, he handed us a textbook about fractals, so it was like in there. But I think. It was through coding it that I started thinking about fractals. But what I like about fractals now, I guess the real epitome of when I realized what a fractal meant to me, so I would always see what I describe as the shape. It was like I would look at a picture on the wall and like it would kind of coalesce like to this fuzzy, like, you know, my vision's not as clear or something, you know, but it everything would always just look like this shape, like a pattern. Like, you know, I'd look at that and I could kind of like at some level I could see the shape. Mm-hmm. And so what I what it made me realize is that the shape was kind of like a fractal. Because I would always see the shape. But what I came to is that maybe every image I'm looking at, there's some level of self-similarity. Like I can pull out some some combination of shadow and color and light and things off of like in every image or something that it would kind of come to this shape so that's when I was like oh shit how things and then it started you know thinking about different aspects of life as being fractal was that shape did it look like the Mandelbrot set no it didn't look like the Mandelbrot set what did it look like Um, I could kind of like draw it. It almost looked like a tree, but the thing about it is that it wasn't, and it similar to the Mandelbrot set is it wasn't symmetrical. Mm. It was kind of like offset, but mm. it's more so I could point to images when I really see the shape. And one of them, which is funny, was one that I drew at your place with Ian and Victoria, but we were like, just drawing with colored pencils and essentially I just drew like what colors and combinations of colors looked looked right to me and felt right to me and when I looked at it overall the collection of it it was the shape but it's also like the succession of colors so I'll, I'll have to pull up the picture wait for you. you made a picture where it was a tree and the sky this, had like a, different yes. colored like ribbons like different that's colored a, layers and the many different colors about. and there was just a regular looking tree except all the colors were wacky and you held it out in front of us and you said does this look normal <laughs> yeah. and victoria had like a big laugh about it and she <laughs> keeps reminding me of that uh but i didn't think that it was a shape it was just like a regular landscape except the sky had different ribbons of colors yeah, yeah it, and it's tricky. not that it's the sh- that it's the shape specifically it's that the things that i'm looking at the collection of the image like 
abstractly forms mm -hmm. a similar shape. I see. So you had this like fractal thing that's what it meant to you. And, and it helped me because I would see that for a while mm -hmm. until I kind of had that realization and then I felt like I could move past it. Like I wasn't like wondering why everything looked like the shape or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it was something that for a while was like a component of me. Does almost that every still time. happen? I can still see the shape, mm. but it's not the same thing. And I'm just like... Did you find anything creepy about seeing this shape everywhere? Yes, only because, well, A, because it was just like a fixation. So just that normal, like, God, mm. like, why can't I just like move past this? But I remember one time it was like me sitting in my friend. We were just hanging out in the dorms. So I went into my friend's room and just sat in this one chair that she had. It was like a weird bungee cord chair. It was not comfortable, but I just needed to sit. And then she gave me this blanket. It was like a fleece, one of those tie blankets where you tie like every point of it. And then the whole thing is two fleece panels tied together. But it wasn't long enough to cover both my arms and my feet. So I just remember like being slightly uncomfortable where I was like, okay, my arms are warm, but my feet are cold. But anyway, I had my eyes closed and I just, it was like people that I knew in the dorms. I would see their face and then they would kind of like, it would kind of be like morphed where it was like mm -hmm. morphed into the shape, but they would look like very different. And so that aspect of it made me feel weird. I was just like, I don't want to like see these distorted views of everybody. Like, yeah. And what's your relationship to the Mandelbrot set? How do you feel about it? The Mandelbrot set. I think it was the first, like, the Mandelbrot set introduced me to the concept of fractals or, like, looking into them more and actually relating to them. And I just think it's beautiful. And to some degree, I feel like there's a lot of things, like, I kind of feel like phenomena and things in the universe are fractal. And I was trying to think, I'm like, okay, if there is there like one fractal like the Mandelbrot set that describes everything or describes certain systems. And like there's different research that describes mm -hmm. systems as fractal and like mm -hmm. tree, you know, things as fractal and you can measure things by like self-similarity to see the degree of, how fractal they are. So I don't think that there's necessarily like a connection with the Mandelbrot set itself beyond it's, it's more so a connection that that brought me to with fractals in general. But if I were to choose a fractal that is my favorite, it's mm. the Mandelbrot set. Yeah. I mean the same true for me, but I think that is also because of the memory that I have yeah. with you. The whole story of the Mandelbrot. Yeah, so. if I see other fractals, I think they're cool. But I think it's that first video that I saw of the Mandelbrot oh, set. Yeah. And then yeah. the way to recreate it. But just that. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know that you had put on the video yeah. until, like, later. And I was like, hey, what is this? Is the Mandelbrot set? What? How does it work? And we both looked it up on Wikipedia. And I was like, oh, 
And I had a couple of questions in my mind because I don't completely understand complex numbers. So I didn't know what it meant that it were mm-hmm. like raising the complex number to a power, blah, 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 whatever. But then when like I figured it out right there as I was like, we were looking at it together, figured it out. And I was like, I think we can build this. Like, I think you want to build this. And you agreed. And that was like, I was like happy enough that you like were like, yeah, I'm going to build this. And so later on, when I found out that you were the one who had put that video on, I was like, whoa. <laughs> and it came as like a nice like bonus surprise fun. Yeah. <laughs> In the end, Which I was like, so oh, cool. I thought I came up with the idea of like this old Mandelbrot thing because that video was just randomly playing and I got her interested and then I was like oh you put that up (laughs) and it had to have made so much more sense it was like because I'm sure there's a question of like okay why why is she interested in how this thing works and coding it and you know it's like it's because it's this video that I had been showing people like yeah 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 but that's funny because yeah until you told me that I just assumed that yeah. You know, you knew that I was the one who put it on. Yeah. So one thing that I like about the Mandelbrot set, this holds true for a lot of other fractals too, is that when you say that you're able to describe something as a fractal, or like the Mandelbrot set, the thing that's really cool about that is that the description or like the definition of the Mandelbrot set is actually pretty small like it's simple it's very simple you can write it out using i don't know it's like a couple line, of lines yeah, like, like one line one equation and yeah. you loop over yeah so the description of the definition of it is so simple and compact it takes and it a couple is of infinitely symbols infinitely complex yeah but when you start implementing that tiny definition out comes this whole world of rich, unpredictable structure. And it's really complex and you just keep going deeper and deeper inside. It's not something simple and symmetric like a circle. Right. And it's also not completely random like white noise. No. Um, it has structure, some symmetries. It has depth. It has self-similar stuff but not completely predictable some parts of it look like itself a little bit other parts of it look like itself exactly identically what gets me about it is certain visuals within it well and when it's like the main shape and then there's like black dots that go out and you realize that those black dots Mm -hmm. are the shape yeah and you're like shit yeah (laughs) And and i think I think that because the the video was cool. I just thought mm. the video was insane when I saw it, and like mm-hmm. that just oh, there, mm. there's the shape again. <laughs> like it's pretty to watch, and then when you hit that, but I think that was what really made me like just amazed by it was when we like wrote yeah. it up, and it was so simple, and that's yeah. when I was like, what you think that you can like <laughs> code that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's the that's. A really crucial part of it is that it has what we might call like emergent structure, meaning that that complexity and that structure and that richness 
is not evident in its definition. Its definition is pretty compact. But then when what comes out of that definition is this huge emergent complexity, which is a point that I find really fascinating. It's like, it's like this whole world blooming out of something that was very simple that you could hold in your hand. It's like, yeah. that's when I think about like creator, God. Yeah. Did he set up the system and let it run? Yeah. Or does he really have a hand? Yes, he had a hand in creating all of this. Yeah. But did he have a hand? Can he really like, did he just let it go? Yeah. Does he have control over it or? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, you know, you're kind of talking about God now. And it's similar in that when I think of these properties of the Mandelbrot set, I feel like it acts for me as a spiritual gateway into the wonder that is this universe. Yeah. And I try and many times and I feel like I fail to grasp what it is or grasp or articulate or describe what it is that I find fascinating about the Mandelbrot set. And like one of those things is this, is that um, just looking at that equation you would have no idea about what no. those shapes look like. And when you create the color map of it, what the color map would look like. And you, as you keep zooming in more and more, you don't know what you're going to see next, even though you exactly know the exact equation that completely and fully determines what you're going <laughs> to yeah. see. You don't you know don't what you're going to see next until you actually implement it with faster and faster and better and better computers to keep wanting to zoom in. So what that means is that it tells you everything about itself in that equation and nothing at all. And the fact that the universe can exist like that, where it tells you everything, and yet you don't know as a human being, it means that it's so cool because it's able to show you what looks like everything, and yet it has this enormous space to keep delivering surprises. Like, so where is the knowledge? The knowledge of the entire Mandelbrot set is not in the equation. Where is that coming from? <laughs> it's got this it's separate source where if you just compute it, you're going to see things that you didn't see before. Well, and that's like <laughs> those moments in life when you feel like so connected to the things around you or just moments of clarity or things like that where it's like you get a sense for what the universe is like or you feel like the universe is speaking to you or you feel connected to it in some deeper way but it's just one you know it's one tiny aspect of it like you couldn't use that to like understand everything yeah, that's yeah, in yeah. it but you can understand it yeah you can understand the connectedness and like yeah and those... just this wonder i'm like why do we live in a world where we have this thing called math and we describe some abstract things using these symbols that we have built using language that came into our mind. And we write down things that are called proofs. And sometimes like one of these things is this set of symbols that we have found that means something mathematically that when we try to evaluate it using these things called computers, out comes this amazing, crazy picture. <laughs> what? world do we live in how does you know how how is it that we live in a world where all of these things happen <laughs> they, they didn't need to happen no. <laughs> and who could have predicted that yeah like and i think that's what's so crazy is just like sometimes even just reflecting on like the physical aspects of what you are doing like and i think 
Yeah, I think math is kind of, math is really interesting to me because I do, I do math in my day to day. I was a geophysicist. I'm not a natural physicist. That's not really how my brain thinks. My I brain, don't know who is a natural physicist. But, <laughs> right? Uh, that shit's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like, well, I had some professors, one professor in particular at Mines, who just like mm-hmm. got math in the yeah. symbols and just everything pre-installed in his brain when he was <laughs> yeah, born you know how it. you sometimes get laptops and it comes with like windows or whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah my brain is intuitively or it's designed to intuitively understand like probability and statistics that's things, cool like weighted averages like that's cool and that's why for a lot of people that's not intuitive <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand it maybe in the classical yeah. textbook mm-hmm. version like you know there's a lot of jargon that goes in there and a lot of like but just understanding just the basic concepts and principles of probability and that like has everything to do with prediction yeah and so those are the things that since you know i'm thinking about and work like Basically, we take a well through one single point of, like, you know, say, a geologic formation. And we're trying to predict. We just have that one data point that's very high resolution, but it's just Mm -hmm. a single one. And then we might have the 3D structure that's very low resolution. But Mm -hmm. we're trying to predict all the complexity that we can, Mm -hmm. predict spatially what's going on from that very... So it's all about prediction. Yeah, Yeah. so something that's similar is... um, you know, the the very reason that we were even able to code up the Mandelbrot set is because the amount of information that we had to put into that code was pretty simple. Mm-hmm. But what came out of it was very complex. But imagine if that... Imagine if we got the image of the Mandelbrot set. Yeah, exactly. So if you if somehow this Mandelbrot set didn't work in terms of a formula, but instead someone told us, you have to implement these pictures... It would be so complex. We would have to define it using so many curves or maybe pixel by pixel the values. And it would be very boring. It would be arduous. But then you can just implement a couple of lines of code and just do it using... So there would be no project of us building the Mandelbrot set were it not for the fact that it comes... That it emerges from something simple. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't... (laughs) You couldn't make that. I yeah. Mean, well, and that's what got me about the video. And that's what got me thinking about like certain like visual graphics and things. And I was like, you couldn't make that video. How? Mm-hmm. It's like a good question. How did those people make that video? Mm-hmm. How do you physically yeah, make exactly. a video that exactly. looks like that? Yeah. There's, uh, there's, I think, a whole genre of video making or rendering uh, which are called like, I don't know, procedural or something like that, where I think they run some algorithm in the background that has like mathematical or otherwise some kind of rules to generate imagery. And a lot of those like are fractals because you can describe those using like pretty simple code and draw things like ferns and trees. A lot of nature happens to be fractal. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting too, because the information that causes nature to happen is often encapsulated in the DNA. And so a lot of the time, the DNA just has this like simple rules that repeat at different scales and give rise to fractals. 
and you get the output is this fairly complex and rich looking structure but the information can come from something very compact that doesn't have to say oh this leaf has to look like this and then then and then the next one has to look like that you don't have to explicitly define the whole thing the, which is pretty cool <laughs> yeah one it's like it's that kind of paradox of okay well then if you think if you try and like frame life in that context maybe there are those very simple rules that underlie everything but when you compare it to what we're talking about with the Mandelbrot set we created a movie mm. but life is creating like it just has so the infinite complexity mm. is built by atoms and molecules and like living beings and like different things and so it's like that complexity you know you can say like okay well maybe the rules are simple Mm. but there if it's like you know it's like the compounded complexity across every single scale of the system yeah and that's kind of what like physics kind of tries to get at is to just whittle it down to hopefully the one single rule mm -hmm. that gives rise to the entire universe that's kind <laughs> yeah. of that's kind of the that would hope. be the goal it's like okay we have got it down to the four fundamental forces and then we want to get it down to like one thing. And if that ambition ever comes true, then we will have one thing that would have procedurally generated the entire universe, including the Mandelbrot set, including the computer that is showing pictures of the Mandelbrot set, including the people that are writing the code, you and me and the entire world, this apartment, our lives, our futures and our hopes and dreams. And all of that comes from one equation. <laughs> yeah. But then think about this. It's like the same thing. So you, f you define the underlying equation, but ultimately that equation has inputs slash variables. Yeah. So then you define different values of those variables and you have an infinite number of outcomes. Yeah. And there's only one of those specific is or as simple as that rule may be. Mm -hmm. The complexity, it comes in deciding that one, you know, it's that one perfect combination mm -hmm. that creates this. And I think that's like question number two. Yeah, say we say we had that equation and maybe, you know, and then it's like, can we find the right numbers that were put into it or the right oh, like initial conditions? The right initial conditions. conditions. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, the ideal way of thinking about it is if you just keep working backwards from where we find ourselves, we should not only be able to infer what the laws are or the equation, but working backwards, we should also be able to find out what the initial condition was. Right. It's like, what is but the... It seems very ambitious. We're, we're talking about it right now using such simplified language, but, you know, it's how do you trace back... How do you turn the clock back like, on the simple. universe? This is what you have to do. Yeah, you can't. It's not. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, okay. We don't do have do infinite it? data on the universe currently, so we can't turn the clock back. Yeah, it's just so interesting because it seems like, you know, the farther and farther you get into things, yeah. it seems like every single discipline, at least ones that involve some sort of prediction or modeling of systems or trying to replicate. I mean, at the end of the day, what we're ultimately trying to do is like, 
get to that finer and finer detail of how do we replicate reality essentially how do we predict it because yeah. even with what i'm doing it's like how do you predict the distribution of sand in a deep water fan system mm-hmm. it's like deposited on the bottom of the ocean it's like we're trying to understand those systems so well that yeah. if we know yeah if we know but then again i'm thinking about it as i'm talking like what we have as geologists on our lab is like a few like data points describing it and so it's like can you uniquely get back (laughs) to yeah the initial you know can you uniquely get back to that one equation or is there multiple (laughs) equations that could end up in this scenario yeah 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 um so the other thing that I like about the Mandelbrot set, which really connects me to my sense of wonder about like the world itself, is so a little bit of, I'll just like backtrack a little bit to the time that I was writing about this in my journal, is I was traveling in, I think it was Arkansas. Arkansas is not too far from Texas, right? Uh, not too far. Yeah. So I think I went to Arkansas with two of my friends for a multi-day camping and hiking trip. So you kind of camp out in the forest and the and it was like the fall colors. Seasons were changing, so you get these brilliant fall colors in nature. And we were going to go on a really long hiking route, multi-day through the forest. And on that particular day, that we were walking in the morning, I think, or whatever. I don't think that part is that important to this story, but there was this girl. So it was my friend who was a guy, his name was Pratim, and there was this girl called Analia. And uh, Analia at that time was being a little loud and obnoxious. And uh, so I decided that I'm just gonna keep walking. I'm gonna leave them behind and just walk at a faster pace through the forest so that I leave them behind and I'm just going to walk on my own. It's kind of a bad move because I'm the person who had brought on Analia on this trip. And so I was leaving my other friend to deal with her. Mm -hmm. But I was like, dude, I've had enough of it. I'm kind of at the end of my rope (laughs) listening to her. So I'm just going to walk ahead. So I left them behind. Bad idea. That was a bad idea. Eventually, I got lost and separated from, from them for an entire night. And the temperatures were reaching like near freezing and all of the supplies were with me. So, and they thought the next day, they were convinced that I like, oh, Analia was convinced that I was dead. Um, but anyway, and they found some kind old souls that like gave them thermal blankets or whatever, things like that. But yeah, so this was some time after I had left them behind and I was just walking very fast. I was walking so fast as to make sure that I would not be caught up to by Analia and my friend. (laughs) So I was walking pretty fast, but I didn't have, yeah. So what I did was I was just walking through the forest and there are these little pink ribbons that hang from the trees that mark the the hiking trail Mm -hmm. that we were going along. Because you get lost here, actually, You you get lost on these. On our drive to the start of the trail, we had seen like notes left by people because you don't get cell phone signal either. Things like, hey, I'm waiting here or, you know, we can't find you. Please meet here at this time, blah, blah, you know. Jeez. So I'm just walking down this forest trail and it's the later part of the day, like the second half of the afternoon. 
And at some point, the trail like kind of disappears into the forest where you, you can't, you just can't keep walking anymore. There's a tree falling across the road and I can't see any clear trail around it. But uh, there's still some like pink ribbons. So I'm like, I'm on the right trail. I'm just going to sit and wait here for them to show up and then we'll know how to get there. And so I'm sitting there by the side of the trail and I open my journal up and I start writing down these thoughts that I have about the Mandelbrot set, hoping someday to write a blog post about it. And so the second thing that I also find kind of like a spiritual window is the space filling property of the Mandelbrot set. Like space filling or like infinite detail, infinite, infinite detail. detail. If you create a picture of the Mandelbrot set at a certain scale, it has some detail in it. But if you just blow that picture up, it's of course going to pixel it. You're right. not going to get any new detail. So if you want to blow it up, you've just got to do the computation at a finer scale. And then you see new structure there that you hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. Something that had looked smooth now develops little ridges of its own and you <laughs> yeah. go into it and there's like more and more structure. And it's not exactly repeating the structure right. above. It's kind of like the generative network we were talking about. At each level of resolution, it's coming up with new detail that's kind of in the same genre. Yeah. And sometimes it's weird, it's like surprising stuff. So, But at the same time, it's like continuous. Yeah. Like the successive frames, it's yeah. like it's not random frames. It's yeah. a continuous building. Yeah, yeah. So, so the interesting part of it is, is that if you take the fractal at any level of zoom and you take that, and if you just zoomed in and the things that had looked like a smooth arc just stayed smooth, then there would be no new richness arriving. Mm -hmm. But the Mandelbrot set keeps on giving you endless richness. Endless. And I feel like life is like that. Like if you look around visually, you can talk about this visually, you can talk about this in all dimensions of experience. Yeah, if you looked like, if you start zooming into my arm, it's like yeah. the infinite complexity that... Yeah. Yeah. At every scale. Yeah. Like even in meditation, your eyes are closed. You are bringing your attention to something very flat and boring, which is just your breath. But if you go deep enough into it, you start seeing all kinds of subtle structure. First of all, you start seeing a lot of structure in your mind because your mind, you know, they say the word nature abhors a vacuum like nature does not like a vacuum, the mind also doesn't like a vacuum. So if you force the mind onto something flat, like the breath, it starts cooking up its own shit. It's like, I want structure, I want richness. And then if you manage to keep your mind on the senses, then you start seeing all kinds of rich structure. First, you're able to tell, oh, the breath going in is colder than the one coming out. And then, yeah, you, can, you start to tease apart all of these like little subtle things and how can you do that? It's because that exists. Mm -hmm. And it's true about the world. Like no matter how zoomed in you go, we haven't found the end. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's no flat line yeah. <laughs> end of it. And like... Yeah, where if you keep looking into it, it's just the same the question, thing. Yeah, because yeah, the question is like, because we think relative to the scale of us is there's probably mm. like an outer scale and there's probably like a lower scale. Yeah. I don't know. I've, <laughs> yeah. It's like the Mandelbrot set 
shows you that it's possible. Yeah. That at least there's a possibility that things are infinitely complex down yeah. to the sub-electron scale. Yeah, yeah. So which because I would of, believe. Yeah, because of these reasons, the Mandelbrot set seems to be, to me, to be like... It's like something that is like a key to the universe. Like it's, it, it comes from some like weird mystical place of the <laughs> universe. So one very curious aspect of the Mandelbrot set is that it's confined within the, what is it, unit two circle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So all of the infinite complexity yeah. exists within a very set boundary, a boundary that we can measure yeah. the area of, not to the infinite yeah. point. But that I find that to be yeah. something that's like interesting to talk about. It's not like we're talking about we scale out to infinity and scale down to infinity. We are looking at unit two circle. Yeah, and we are not even looking at most of the region inside it. We are just actually looking at a film. A boundary. The inside of the Mandelbrot set is just dark. There's nothing going on. It's only at the boundary. Yeah. So what we're looking at is just zooming more and more, not only even to the region that's inside the unit circle, but just at a boundary. Yeah. And the universe is like, here, take this. Look at what I can do with just a boundary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With one one formula. So, yeah. And you wouldn't have been able to find this out until you had these things called fast computers. <laughs> yeah. It's just weird. Well, and so if I consider it and compare it to the universe, because like what the boundary would show us is that, or the fact that there is a boundary... <laughs> to the Mandelbrot set is that this thing can be contained within a set region. It doesn't need yeah. to take up infinite space. But the infinite part to me, because maybe the infinite is not zooming down into my cellular structure. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe the rules apply there too. But it's also time hmm. to me is almost kind of an infinite aspect of it. It's like the complexity can continue as long as time goes on like from here is is it ever going to end is like mm. the you know will there ever be nothing yeah thinking of time as one of the dimensions along which complexity can play itself out like mm -hmm. space is a dimension you can think mm -hmm. of time yeah
Thanks for hanging out with Alicia and me today in the Room of Lives. In the next episode, we talk about our dreams. We discuss lucid dreams and waking up from dreams and from life and about our mental programs that can render dream worlds according to the laws of physics and can project brand new pictures based on a couple of examples. Thank you.